heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Folks, it is August. We finally have football tomorrow live from Canton, Ohio. But with football season comes something that I am very passionate about. But my guest, it's his livelihood. It's what he does for a living. But before we get into details about fantasy football, I have a little announcement. And it's in caps if you're watching on YouTube for a very big reason. It's because this year, for the first time ever, and Andy McNamara, who is with me, you can see his picture, but you can't see his face at the moment, is going to be one of the participants in the first ever YWC Football Talk Fantasy Football League, something I have been meaning to start, something people have been on me to start. We're building participants of myself along with former guests, and weekly updates will be given about the league as it goes on, and also, too, about the draft and everything like that. So something I just wanted to get out of the way, YWC Football Talk's Fantasy Football league something i'm looking forward to along with andy but andy with that how are we doing today oh good man i'm, I'm excited i'm excited to be joining the uh ywc league and, and jumping in and, and playing some fantasy you know there's never never too many well there is too many leagues but you know I, i'm still at the cusp of being okay i dropped one of my other leagues that uh i wasn't really interested in so glad to grab this one in here and we're gonna have a lot of fun this season and like you said football is kicking off and we're gonna be ready to roll sooner than later Exactly. I know we have a game tomorrow night, but I'm going to stress this right now. If you are thinking about betting on it or large sums of betting on it, please call the gambling hotline. That's a game you should not be betting on tomorrow night. Yes, it's the yes. Hall of Fame game. Unless I, I you like you see the over-under at 30 and you're like, oof, no. So if you do want to bet football, go for the CFL. Um, right, right. But it's like we said, like I said earlier, it's the wonderful time of year because of training camps in session, football's coming back. But we got fantasy football. It's the crown jewel. It's one of the biggest money-making kings besides watching the game itself. Yeah, it, it's very, it keeps getting bigger, too. That's that's what's so crazy about it. It keeps getting bigger, keeps getting more elaborate, more leagues, everything like that. I've talked on the show before uh, about the uh, what I'm involved in with UFFsports.com. We added a, a new college league, which is a 36-man roster, and that's crazy with college player ambassadors and the NFL sites. So there's so much fantasy coming in. And that's why it's imperative. I, I, I say it every single year, and I hope our listeners here take it under advice if they don't. Because I know I, I know we all want to get that first drafted, right? You get, you get antsy. I always say, wait as long as possible. Perfect example, a lot of people have had one of their fantasy drafts. Already. Well, guess what? Tim Patrick is gone for the season. That's an example, along with many others, of players that are gone already at the beginning of training camp. We don't know training camp battles yet. We don't, I don't know full depth charts, all that stuff. So wait as long as possible into that preseason before you have your draft if you can. I say wait until either after the last week of preseason football or until cuts are made. Obviously, yep. you're not going to take someone who's a brink bubble player about getting cut, but I always say wait till that last week of August or on August 27th to the 28th to start drafting. If you're doing a keeper league, I understand right now. So say like if you have players that you keep from the previous year and you're just like either reducing or you're recycling players through other teams or you're adding players, that I'd understand. But if you're doing a league where it starts from scratch every year, which – I prefer that with football. Hockey is the other one where I, I don't mind doing keeper. But with football, you got to wait. 
You have yeah. to wait, especially with the injury factor, because you could go in this year, like you said, hey, I want to get Tim Patrick. Well, Tim Patrick's no longer an option, so you got to start looking at Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, Javante Williams, all those players, and also Melvin Gordon for, hey, who do you want to take from the Denver Broncos? Well, and not just that, on the other side of it too, Griff, is, all right, the Tim Patrick side, taking that out of the equation of drafting him specifically, that injury now means more targets to those other players you just listed. So it also impacts your draft strategy because knowing that information, maybe you bump up your want in draft position for a Judy, for a Sutton, uh, you know, and, and go about it that way as well. So yeah, waiting as long as possible, very important. And we see even stuff as far as like, uh, let's say Miles Sanders with the Eagles. He was taking reps with the second team the other day. Well, that's pretty significant. If you have, if Sanders is in a, a keeper of yours, or you were thinking of taking him, or what to do with that Philly backfield. By the way, Phil, I, I like the real life Eagles offense, the fantasy running back situation for Philadelphia. I want no part of. That is just a a disaster of a committee when it comes to fantasy. You will be guessing all year long. I will say this with Philadelphia, though, when they do play the Giants, take Boston Scott. I don't know what yes. it is. <laughs> always torch. He's always good for a touchdown against the Giants. That's he is, funny. When you have a, when you need a waiver wire pickup that week, and you notice Eagles Giants. Pick up Boston Scott. I've been saying that for about the last two to three years now. And every time when they play the Giants, he's always good for at least, I'd say, 12 to 15 points. And for a flex position, that's pretty good. Well, yeah, if you can get him in there. And it's it's uh, a case, too, we have seen him succeed when injuries do pop up. But now it's like, okay, well, Kenneth Gainwell. And apparently he's put on some weight. But the knock on him in his rookie year was he could not pass protect because he was too slight. And that's why you could not have him in as a three down back. And that hurt his fantasy value. Not on the field, Cannon fantasy points. So now, apparently he has improved in that area and the, some weight has been put on. But now we have to wait. How does that look? How does that translate? We can all put on muscle and weight. Does that actually make you a better pass protector? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see on that. And that's an important thing to track in all these training camps. Where are the battles? Who's playing with who? And who's developing chemistry? And that's why you got to be looking at those beat reporters, not just the Nationals, but those beat reporters for each each team. 100%. The beat reporters are very – I feel like for each team, you follow your certain team's beat reporters. Like I follow the New England ones closely. You follow the other ones closely. But for fantasy and also, too, for my – just for my timeline, because I – throughout this podcast, I've gotten to know a lot of fan bases. So through there, I get to see – their beat reporters coming up. So you get to know those little ins and out things like certain athletic writers, local reporters, hell, even guys who just run blogs and websites like who I've had on the show before. So it's very good to know the ins and outs. Even if you don't like the team, guess what? If you are playing fantasy football, it's only going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And they're going to have the ones where maybe it's not the exciting news, right? Maybe it's a second string wide receiver situation that Adam Schefter isn't going to comment on because it's not national news, but that can have that followed impact similar to a Tim Patrick, right? Where player X is practice is getting, uh, is, is thrown with the, the backup quarterback. Oh, well last year he was in the first, Hmm. Now I have to look into that. Now that might affect who I draft, whether that specific player or the pieces around him. Exactly. It's like those things where, um, Jake Trotter is going to give you for Cleveland, but not Adam Schefter. It's like, yes, yeah, yes, it's one of those things. exactly even though they both work for ESPN. Um, (laughs) I know yesterday I did DM you. I'm going to call it segments Griff's players because I told you three players who aren't necessarily at the top of everyone's draft boards, but I feel like 
can help you win your league. And I want to ring those off to you right okay, now. Okay, absolutely. The first one is Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. And now mm-hmm. I know the Bears aren't the best on paper, but I feel like with their weaker wide receiver core, even though they do have Darnell Mooney and we'll see how Vellis Jones and Cole Komet do, I feel like Montgomery is going to be good for touches. He's the main – he's going to be the bell cow in Chicago. And I feel like he's the kind of guy where, hey, look, the Bears may not get a lot of wins this year, but he's going to get a lot of touches – and he's going to get a lot of yards, which hopefully results in touchdowns. So that's one player I have in mind. Right. And David Montgomery, he he's not the the flashiest of running backs. Um, but when you look at the final season production, well, all of a sudden you're seeing that he's a top 12, technically an RB1 in fantasy, right? Yeah. Uh, now, one of those situations, was it last year or the year before? I forget but there was the injuries and he had sort of the backfield and didn't have the, maybe it was when Tariq Cohen was there. So maybe that's I think it was when, when Cohen towards ACL and I think that yes. was 2020. Yeah. So he, so, okay. You get more reps. So that's something to, to keep note. But then last year still, okay. Now he's still getting those touches, still the top guy. Now could some of that workload go away? Perhaps it's also a new era in Chicago. So we have to throw out what we knew about that offense under Matt Nagy. And now you have Justin Fields, you're under his belt. Apparently he's looking more confident. And what does that mean when it comes to Montgomery? So I like that play. And I bet you, you can probably get David Montgomery a little bit later on than some of these, some of these other um, running backs, you know, like you look at, at Montgomery right now and he's going in the RB two range. Like he's going um, what I'm looking right now, 35th overall 17th running back off the board. Well, if I can get David Montgomery there, I'm feeling pretty good about that, right? Yeah. Like, like I'm not like I'm not saying folks to draft him in the first round or anything. I'm saying get him in the third or fourth round. Yeah. In the fifth round, like that's where you get your value because most people think, oh, I'm gonna go get like Christian McCaffrey and like Devonta Adams. And I'm gonna rule my league. No, to win fantasy football, which we'll get into in a second, you got to get guys in the trenches. You got to have a good bench because if those guys go down, you can't be scrambling to go find either the backup. Or those one week wonders, kind of like what we saw last year with Elijah Mitchell. Remember week one, yeah. he lit it up, and then week two, everyone goes and gets some um, Spencer all FAB, all of and it. then they spend then all their money. They spend all their the money. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, and and it's yeah, like in Montgomery too. You also have to look at again. There are so many committees, running back committees, and they grow every year. Philadelphia, I mentioned as as one, and you have Jacksonville. Oh my gosh, Jacksonville, right? Absolutely. So now you look at, okay, Montgomery, maybe he's not going to get you uh, Jonathan Taylor numbers, of course. But do I know he's going to start every damn week? Yes, I do. So that's valuable. That's what I know I'm going to get out of that type of player, where even if you look at like an LA Rams, and I love Cam Akers. I want some shares of Cam Akers this year. But that's a committee there, right? So you look at those players. So I do like that Dave Montgomery pick. And it's the same thing too with Miami as well, where Raheem Mostert isn't there now too, but oh, you still man. have Ahmed, you have Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds. You got yeah. too many cooks in the kitchen. It's kind Not of like with Vegas, Vegas yeah. as well. Um, the next player is also a running back, and I I'm expecting a bounce back here from this player. I think this player was someone who was taken way too high in 2020. 2021 was derailed by injuries, but this year I think, and also two of the weaker wide receiver core, even though the quarterback is still someone you can trust. But that is Clyde Edwards Alaire. Now I feel like mm. in 2020. Everyone was excited about him. Um, I'm going to go off the boards. I feel like a lot of people, fantasy football people were, I'm 
I'm going to say this word is my podcast. A lot of fancy football players are feeling a little horny for him, but <laughs> I feel like with him now, he's the same kind of guy where you're going to get him in that like late second, third round range where he's, his stock's fallen because everyone sees, you know, the Alvin Kamara's, the Nick Chubbs, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Jonathan Taylor's, the Derrick Henry's, the Zeke's, even Saquon Barkley's. And then he's that kind of starting running back that's going to get pushed to the wayside to where, hey, if you miss out on one of those guys, you can get a CHE late in the next couple of rounds of the draft. It's one of those picks where it's like a adult panic if the other guys go because you know you can get a CHE or a David Montgomery in those later mid rounds of the draft. Well, and I think it's it's interesting with Kansas City because with Tyreek Hill gone and you look at the pieces that Patrick Mahomes now has to work with. So Juju Smith-Schuster is the top receiver. Well, we saw in Pittsburgh that Juju is a much better number two. As a number one, didn't live up to expectations. Now, maybe he matures, maybe he's, who who knows. But when he was given the opportunity, didn't stand out. Much better number two. You have McCole Hardman, you got MVS. I'm not too excited about that wide receiver court. Now, you got Patrick Mahomes, he's going to make people better. I'm sure they'll get their stats. You have Travis Kelsey, but 33 years old, we're seeing him. I think we've seen the absolute peak of Kelsey in last year with some injury starting to slow down. Now we're going to start seeing the downhill. I'm not saying it's going to be a, a cliff fall off, but we're starting to see him on the back end here or starting on that back end. So do the Chiefs start looking more towards utilizing those running backs when they don't have that Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey necessarily at his top prime? I think there's a great possibility of that. I just get a little nervous because, okay, Jarek McKinnon, how's he going to be used? We know he can catch the football. Ronald Jones in spurts. Like, is it is it a timeshare? Is it a, well, this week, this is a hot hand. This week, an, our, our, like a situation that we saw with Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay. That's where I get a little bit nervous about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But to your point, if let's say I have my two running backs set up, and I want some depth, and I want to, to go, am I going to take a chance on Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the right ADP? Absolutely, because of the points you laid out. There is a path where he can put up RB1 numbers. It's a committee for now. We just have to see what that new group behind him looks like going into the year. Exactly. And the other point I look at with Travis Kelsey as well is I just think he now that Hill's gone, I think he's going to be getting double teamed a lot more. So you're going to have to deal with him and, du- and double coverage to where – I can see him having a Darren Waller-esque fantasy season where he still puts up numbers, but I know people who were super spotty on him. I like to avoid him personally. He's a great talent, but he's a boomer bust fantasy footballer for me, Darren Waller, because one week he can be putting up 20 to 25 points. Next week he gets seven or eight. It's just you need that consistency floor. That's why with the tight ends just go off, off the rails. I look at more of a Mark Andrews or a George Kittle or even TJ Hawkinson, who I know is in Detroit, but he still puts up decent numbers. I feel like with fantasy football too, you can't always look at the player on the team. Like David Montgomery, you're not going to look at Chicago, but it's Chicago. You have to look at the player more than the team. Now, obviously it's different for some teams who are bad, but just because you're on a bad team does not mean you can put up bad You're going to put up bad numbers when it comes to fantasy football. Right. And the tight end position is going to be, I think, really interesting this year because you made the point for Travis Kelsey, uh, and I, I think so as well. You know, he could, there's still a path he could end up a top two, top three tight end, absolutely, and he just might. But it's not going to be at the same dominating level that he has been. Now, Mark Andrews, that guy is such a roller coaster, man. Because at the end of the year, you see the numbers like whoa. But with Lamar Jackson and how inconsistent he can be with passing the football, you could have one week where he gets three touchdowns, and the next week he gets one catch. 
Yeah. Is, is, is that going to change? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. But at the end of the year, you look at the total and it's, wow, Mark Andrews had a great year. And he did, but for fantasy, maybe you use up all those chunks in one week instead of being spread out. A guy I really like, and he's currently being the sixth tight end off of uh, most boards when you look at it from uh, a general ADP side, is Dalton Schultz. I think that is tremendous value, and I would take Schultz personally with the arrival of Devontae Adams in Vegas. I would take him over Darren Waller. I would take him over George Kittle because of the injuries. Healthy George Kittle, sign me up. But also, we don't know what Trey Lance is. We don't know what Trey Lance is. Dalton Schultz, look at what they have in Dallas right now with the injuries. Michael Gallup, he's banged up. Washington, done. You have CeeDee Lamb, you have Ezekiel Elliott, and you have Dalton Schultz. That has, with Amari Cooper moving on, that has cleared a whole bunch of weeds away and has a direct path to each of those three being fantasy studs. So I am super bullish on a Dalton Schultz this year. Yeah, Dalton Schultz seems like a really good player. You could take one of those like unsuspecting players that comes out of nowhere. Uh, but at the same time, too, I get that PFT, PTSD. Because I remember talking to you last year saying Anthony Ferkser is going to be really good for the Titans, and that backfired horribly. Ferkser. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's just there's certain players that always do good for you. Um, the, the third one, and it kind of goes to my hot take. I'm just, I just put up the Andy's players graphics because of someone you were talking about. My third one, quickly, is um, it's Michael Thomas. I know he hasn't played a lot of football since his career 2019 year, but I feel like he's well, – that's his thing with the wide receiver market. I feel like everyone's going to be going, you know, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddles, um, and so on and so forth, and other receivers. It's Stephon Diggs, even. Also, to another tight end I like, even though he's on a rival team, but I don't ignore it, Dawson Knox. Um, yeah, with, I like Dustin Knox too. Yeah, but with that, with the wide receiver room, I think Michael Thomas is someone. Another player you're going to get in those mid, who's probably going to fall. Some some leagues, I think you might see people taking chances on him, but at the same time too, I think Michael Thomas uh, is a, is due for a bounce back here with the new coaching staff, just new quarterback that he's healthy. I'm not saying we're going to get 150 receptions, Michael Thomas, but I think you're going to get a Michael Thomas that you can trust starting every week in your fantasy football lineup. I really like that, and now. You know, we take it. You see the clips on on Twitter and on ESPN and all that, and and every player looks like they're a Hall of Famer. But what I was looking for when I saw Michael Thomas clips, how does he look when he catches and plants? Not just the breakaway. How does he look catching the ball and moving? That dude looks smooth. He looks strong, and he looked fast. And right now, if you're looking at ADP, Adam Thielen's being taken ahead of Michael Thomas. Uh, I'll take Michael Thomas. Thanks, Elijah Moore and Gabriel Davis. Fine players. I'll take Michael Thomas. Thanks again with Jameis Winston. And what type of Jameis are we going to see? Cause we didn't really with his injury, get a chance to see um, how, how much he improved or didn't improve with his time and learning. Is he more patient? Is he going to still bomb it out? And, and what that looks like, of course, the strange Taysom Hill obsession, which drives me nuts every <laughs> Single year Taysom Hill, please go away. My next life, please make me Taysom Hill. All that money, you do nothing, and he's in his 30s. It's, it's insane. But you, ha- but you have now Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton behind him. So r- right away, we don't have the drastic drop that we had last year when Jameis Winston went, and then it was just an, a disaster for everybody, and Thomas wasn't there. Dalton, say what you want. Guy can still be a competent quarterback in the league. And he can get your guy. He's not going to be fantasy relevant. He can still make people around him fantasy relevant. So you have Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. A lot of weapons, a lot of chances 
for Jameis Winston to throw it out. So if you look at where he's being taken right now in the 74 overall range, 31st wide receiver, like if I go into the season and I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Michael Thomas, my, my expectation is a WR three. I think there is a great chance he leapfrogs over that and, and wows people in a comeback here. Lots of mouths to feed, but there certainly is a path for that. 100%. 100%. It's just like I'm banking on the comeback more than anything, but you also look at all the other people, wide receivers, two other guys I just thought of. Jamar Chase is Justin Jefferson. Those guys are going to be gone by the end of the second round. Even oh, sure. um, Debo Samuel is still a question mark to me. Like everyone in San Francisco is for now just because you know, we don't know what's going to be the quarterback situation with Lance, so it's like a wait and see. Um, but you mentioned Chris Olave, and he's a rookie I like for fantasy. George Pickens is another one in camp, but I feel like every there's a difference, I feel like, between someone making a couple flashy passes or catches in camp to a player where you're getting those local reporters talking about, hey, this guy's building a connection. You're seeing it with Kadarius Tony, even though I still don't totally trust. Do not draft Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. You could draft the pieces around him. Don't draft the quarterback. Um, you could also look at uh, – who's another rookie? In New York as well, Brees Hall, him and Michael Carter at running back. Those are guys you're going to find in like the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Those are – you know – that's the thing with fantasy. You got to look at it, like I said earlier, more than the overall superstars. You got to look at what you're going to do in those later rounds. Because I even noticed with tight ends, there was one year I was drafting with a friend and he was helping me draft in my league. And I took Mike Mark Andrews. You do stuff like that, those little moves, it makes everyone tick and just go tight end, tight end, tight end, tight yeah. end, tight end, or receiver. Yeah. But I also have one other thing I want to say to you. And I think we've talked about this before for the folks out there. If you don't get a hot start running back or you're picking in the nine to 10 range, Go and get a receiver with your first-round pick. Go get Devontae Adams. Go get Cooper mm-hmm. Cup. Go get Jamar Chase. Because even though you didn't get that hot shot running back, just remember, you can still find stuff later on. That's why I wanted to focus on today more or less those down-the-field depth guys over the just general studs. Even though those studs will help you win, it's just I've had PTSD with too, too many of them. Like I have Christian McCaffrey on my no-fly list this year, no matter what the film says. Well, and you know, it's a good point you bring up because you have to look at it, especially if you're at that lower end of the draft, because then you get the turn as yeah. well in, this, in the, the snake draft. So you have to you have to weigh it out. Okay, depending on how that first round went, do I want to take the sixth best running back, seventh best running back, or do I want to take maybe the second best wide receiver available? That's a big difference because if whoever is left on your board, if you don't see a noticeable swing as far as talent wise or drop for the next group of five or six running backs, you might as well take a higher tier wide receiver, swing back on the turn, get your running back there if there's not too much difference. And then you get the stud instead of settling for someone who's going to be six, seven, eight at their position group, you get a top end guy and then you can look and see how the draft unfolds from there. Exactly. Get that guy that someone who was expecting him to be in the later half of the second round, you scoop up at like eight or nine. So you yeah. make that person panic. Don't panic yourself. And also, too, don't draft a position for the sake of drafting it just because you see everyone going RB, RB, yes. RB, RB. That's where you can get different. Like, for example, do you want a Justin Jefferson or do you want Najee Harris? Now, I'm not knocking Najee Harris, but Justin Jefferson's one hell of a wide receiver. Amen. Yep. For, for sure. For sure. And, and where does where, where do those players go? Right. And now, when we're looking at those type of players too, um, now the wide receiver group in general, I'm a big believer in if you have, like, let's say if you have, d- depending what round you're in, whatever, 
you have a wide receiver and a running back graded the same. I would always go with the running back because it, it, to me, I equate wide receivers and outfielders as the same when it comes to fantasy baseball and fantasy wide receivers. I can now. I'm not saying you're going to find a Devontae Adams, but I can always find a serviceable flex wide receiver on the waiver wire almost every week. If you do your yes. homework, you know, I do it every year. Running backs, different story, very different story, and tight ends as well. There's few and far between. So if it's close, and if you're like, okay, well, I'd be happy with either. Take the running back. You can always swing back for wideouts. 100% because wide receivers, there's just crops of them, and there's always yeah. guys who come on up. Even like this year, when you like last year, you have guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, where players are like, oh my God, where'd he come from? That's why draft homework matters for fantasy football. Yes. But at the same time, too, like you said, like I said there, Amon Ross St. Brown, there's always those guys that like break out week one. I did it in 2018 when Patrick Mahomes was still that nobody, and people were just like, damn it, why didn't I get him? There are those little pickups you have to be a sniper for when it comes to fantasy well, football. Let me give you a perfect example. Hunter Renfro last year. Okay. I was, I put in my fantasy football articles, get on um, waiver wire pickups, get Hunter Renfro as far as week two. I then included him again in the article in week five. I said, he's still under 50% owned. I got him and mainly for full PPR, but I got Hunter Renfro, picked him up off of waivers week two. Dude was a stud. He was an absolute stud. And then I picked up a Monroe St. Brown. I forget what week, but it was like, you know, past the midway point in the season. Cause just, just when he started to flash a little bit, it's like, okay, you know what? Injuries are there. I could see the usage going up. Got him. And the last four weeks of this four to six weeks of the season, the guy was an absolute beast. So guys like that are perfect examples where if you're paying attention, doing your homework and tracking, you can get a Renfro or a St. Brown for free and not have to waste a draft pick. So that's why, again, if there's a, Running back or you know starting tight end, even because they're just if not more rare than the the running back. Take those guys over a wide receiver that you have at, rated at the same level. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's all it's all strategy. It's all about the two, and also too, if you're in FAB league, it's about getting those guys when you don't have to worry about spending even ten dollars of your FAB. Yep. If you can get that guy for like five bucks, it's going to come back to when you're playing in December. And you're just going to know, hey, what you do now will benefit you in the long run. Because come Christmas time, not only do you want to see your team playing playoff football, you want to be in fantasy football. And that is – this whole episode basically been has been, which I'm going to call it, how does win win at fantasy football like the memes say? Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, too, uh, the Hunter Renfro, Monterey St. Brown example, I got each for $2. Two bucks. It's phenomenal. But you got to pay attention. Right. And that's why you check. Now you're going to be able to do that for wide receivers. Much more difficult again for those running backs and those tight ends to get in season. That's why at least make sure you get, especially for tight end folks. I know there's strategies of like, oh, I'm going to punt zero tight ends to the end. Okay. And that might work, but you're going to be every single week stressing about who you're going to find on the waiver. Every week, yard, every week, try to get one of the guys, even if it's a lower and a little bit consistent guy, try to get somebody you know is going to get some touches there uh, as far as the tight end goes. Exactly. It's like, look, tight end, you want the Hawkeye, but then at the same time too, if you need someone for your bye week. So that's why always you don't want to draft two tight ends. You need it. So when it comes to your bye week, you can get someone. If you need someone for injury, knock on wood. It's just, just, that's the unfortunate reality about the NFL. Because I know 
hockey is one of those sports where like everyone can stay healthy football, no matter what team you cheer for, there's going to be injuries every single year, no matter the position. That's just the unfortunate tale of the game. Yeah. And I would say too, for tight end, David Njoku and my Browns, uh, look at the injuries and look at the thinness of the depth chart at wide receivers. Now probably going to be Jacoby Brissett for who knows how long, um, but David Njoku got a big contract and he's going to be leaned on by whether it's Brissett and or Watson this year, currently the 17th. Noah Fant in Seattle. You're going to have freaking Geno Smith throwing the football to Noah Fant over David Njoku? Come on. I'm taking Njoku. Let's go. Like that, you know, I'd take him over Smith Jr., who's rated higher than him. Um, and, and, and you go from there. Maybe even Pat Freermuth, although I do like Freermuth, what he was doing with uh, with Big Ben last year. But I would raise David Njoku up and make sure you you try to get him on your roster in some capacity. Pat Fryermuth is another waiver guy that I look at that proceed with caution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I put that proceed with caution just because you want to see how the quarterbacks play out. But yeah. I feel like people are going to take him. And then they're going to have that withdrawal to where they're just like kick it to the curb. And then you pick him up and then he can get a red hot. And then that person's eating it for them. Like It was like last year too. I traded someone, Justin Jefferson, for DeAndre Hopkins. And we thought it was a fair deal. And then Jefferson took off and Hopkins got hurt. And I ended up. Pour down the stretch, but right. What can you do? Mistakes, that's yeah. why they put pencils on erasers. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at another guy who I think is going to going to jump way up this year is Cole Komet. No more Jimmy Graham being a vulture, just ruining your fantasy day. And again, new coaching staff in Chicago. So Cole Komet with a with a head coach that has been known to utilize the tight end. Uh, I think Cole Komet is somebody again who could be sliding a little bit uh, right now. Overall, he's being taken 122nd overall and the 11th tight end off the board, you know? That's that's pretty good value right there. Exactly. That's what you got to look at. But anyway, folks, um, I got to wrap up because I got some stuff I got to attend to. But anyway, it's been a blast getting to talk to Andy. You will hear updates from him. We'll be back, have him back on the air at some point. You'll hear about him too with the Fantasy Football League that we got going on, the YWC Football Talk, official Fantasy League. You know, the first two participants, more participants will be announced as we get closer to the draft date. And folks, Hope you enjoyed today's episode of YWC Football Talk, episode number 172. Now go out there and make you some money this fantasy football season. Have a good one. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.